0: patience, perseverance, trust. These are some of the messages that Alex Faust, my next guest on the Ignium Sparks podcast, brings to the table. He joined Growth Institute as a young intern, and he's built his way through that business over the last seven years to take over the role of COO. He's learned a lot working through that business. But the key message is how do I actually build something and take patience in doing it? Because there's no such thing as an overnight success. It takes work. It takes perseverance. And actually, you've got to start building and trusting your team. And one of the ways of doing that is educating each other and helping each other take responsibility for their own education, empowering the team. So it's not just the CEO who has to step up to learn new things, but we can all take responsibility. Alex has got some really key messages that I think it's really valuable for us all to learn about how we can pick up and doing things differently, to encourage learning, to develop learning, and keep us at the forefront of where things are going. Because actually over time, our knowledge changes. So how can we keep ourselves there? Enjoy this show. And as always, if you have comments or questions, please come back to me. It's phil at igniumconsult.com. Leave us a review so other people can find this podcast. And I think that's a really key message because I think there's a really key message within these podcasts and in the guests I talk to. I've learned so much from everyone I've talked to over this last 19 months. And some of those messages I think need to be pushed out to wider audience. So please refer this to other people. Let me know who I can talk to that would bring more education to help more people scale their business. And as Alex talks about in here, we want to help businesses scale and reduce the drama because that's one of the key things. Enjoy the show. So welcome back to the Sparks Beganian podcast, I'm your host Phil Rose and as you know this podcast is about reigniting your spark, building your passion and helping you better engage your team for the journey as you scale your business to success. You all had a plan when you started and sometimes that gets lost on along the way. With this podcast we're aiming at how do we help you rekindle that passion, educate your teams and get to where you really truly want to be. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Faust. COO of the Growth Institute and host of the Conversations at the Edge podcast. I talked recently to Daniel Marcos, and if you've listened to that story, you'll have learned about how Growth Institute came about and some of the journey that Daniel's been on. And Alex has kindly stepped in to give us the story about what's re- what it really takes to run a business like this. So I'm delighted to welcome Alex, all the way from Philadelphia, to join us on the Sparks Biking podcast. So welcome, Alex.
1: Yeah, thank you, Phil. Great to be here and really appreciate uh, the opportunity to get to speak with you today.
0: Yeah, thank you. And um, Hila, I want to dive straight in. You talked about hosts of the Conversation at the Edge podcast. I've listened to a couple of those and I listened to, there were about a 15-minute podcast I seem to listen to at one stage. Tell me a bit about that and how that got started as a way into this.
1: So we have a community called The Edge. or uh, an online education organization helping leaders uh, scale their impact and reduce the drama of running a scaling business. And um, our Edge community each week has access to all of the thought leaders who teach our programs. And the the thought leaders who teach our programs are world-renowned speakers, authors, consultants, really um, understanding the the tricks of the trade and and how to implement and build scaling organizations. And we wanted to give our community access to these top thought leaders. Um, So it started as that, and we were hosting Once a month, we were doing these open conversations with the thought leaders. We moved that to once a week. And today, uh, there are 30-minute conversations every single week that we do for our community where the community can join live. And then we take that recording and we turn it into a 15-minute podcast as well um, to introduce some of the concepts and the ideas and the thought leaders to a greater community, um, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, if you're interested in In tuning in,
0: oh, great one, thank you. And what I'll do is I will add the link to the show notes. Sorry, link to the podcast in the show notes to this podcast, so you can actually join into that as well. Uh, And I'm glad you said 15 minutes because when you said 30 minutes, I was thinking I was listening to the wrong podcast, but I have listened to the 15 minute one, so that makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, we Um, we cut up the 30 minute conversation for the most powerful 15 minutes for the for the podcast.
0: I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, you're you're engaging that community. And, and you said something that Daniel said to me when I talked to him about, you know, scaling and reducing the drama. And I think this is the key bit that I hear from Growth Institute. How do you reduce the drama as you scale your organisation? And that's where Growth Institute, to me, is such an exciting tool in terms of helping people educate their teams and build them up. And as we always say in the Rockefeller Habits, one of the key things is actually how do you get that education across the team so everyone's bought in to this journey? So tell me. When I talked to Daniel, he talked about the the, the the origins of Growth Institute, and he talked about how that business create was created. Um, you stepped in, and I'd love to know a bit about your story around the, how you got involved with Growth Institute right at the beginning. So let's, can we dive into that to start with? Sure.
1: So um, it was about seven, almost seven and a half years ago, um, I was actually still in, uh, in university, University of Texas, um, was going to graduate in a couple of months and decided I should get an internship to start making some money and paying back student loans. Um, So I went online, found a a job application for, for this marketing intern at Growth Institute. And as I was doing some research, I learned about Vern Harnish and the Rockefeller Habits book. My mother is actually a leadership coach. So she had been familiar with some of Vern's work and some of the other thought leaders that Growth Institute was creating courses with. And so she said, this could be a cool opportunity for you to learn about business for a couple months. And so I went in thinking this would be a couple months and a couple months turned into seven <laughs> years and a couple months. Um, so it's been an exciting journey. Um, I've kind of moved, zigzagged around the organization, focusing mostly in marketing and sales um, and building the revenue side of the business. Um, but now very involved in the operations of all the different departments. And uh, it's been great. It's been a cool journey. And I think the greatest thing um, about my experience has been the opportunity to, to learn and really immerse myself in such fantastic opportunities um, for just understanding how business really works. And, you know, We talked about this a couple of weeks weeks ago when we first met, Um, but you asked me, you know, what would you have told yourself, a younger, a younger self? And I think it would have been like, be patient because I think coming into the business world, you think like, this should be awesome. Like, this is a cool company. There's going to be lots of benefits. And you don't necessarily think about all the drama and the, the ups and downs and the emotional roller coaster that you kind of go on as you're scaling a company, yeah. and I think being patient with that has been a great lesson for me uh, to understand like what does it really take. And I think patience and perseverance and trust in your process and and what you're you're trying to create because it doesn't happen overnight. I think everything tends to really take longer than you than you wish it it would. Yeah. Um, but staying the course has, has been a fun journey for me.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. And I love that about that be patient, perseverance and trust. I think there's some real value in that, actually. Um, you know, th- There's always that phrase, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. A lot of the businesses that we've seen today that are successful actually have been created over time. And, and actually, there's a lot of energy that goes into that. And I think um, you know, even coming back to what you talked about with, with regard to Growth Institute and your journey into it. Um, I love the fact you you said you joined for a couple of months, and here you are several years later, um, still doing it. Because actually, the journey and that roller coaster has really carried your imagination and helped you evolve into the, the COO that you're you are now, effectively. Um, so I love that, and and by the way, you have stolen my uh, my end piece of the podcast. Yes, so we, uh, <laughs> we, we we love that. I'm going to come up with another question for you now, just to uh, sorry about that. <laughs> hey, no, that's, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that, that, that was useful. But I think I love it: patience, perseverance, and trust. I'm going to come back to that because I think that's quite a key thing around your journey and how you built this. Um, so so let's just take it back in that case. So you joined the business as a as a marketing intern, effectively. Um, what was your majoring at UT? Marketing it was marketing okay so yeah with a minor in uh in finance okay okay so you stepped into a role that you knew you could do in that case um
1: kind of i don't i don't mean to you know diminish my education at the university of texas but i seriously don't think i use anything that i learned from my marketing education yeah um Everything I've learned has been like pretty much on the job, in the business, working on it, um, and courses and classes and books that I've kind of di- uh, dived into since being involved with Growth Institute. It's actually funny, the, the best book that I read on marketing was when I wasn't at UT. It was when I studied abroad in Milan at uh, Bocconi, and they had us reading um, Groundswell. Uh, and it was like the only book that I read on marketing that was applicable to the job that I got into post-grad.
0: That's funny, isn't it? I, I look at my bookshelf across the side direction, and I can see my MBA books from 20-plus from years ago, um, some of which haven't been open for a few years. But I can see one there called Marketing Management um, by Philip Kotler, I think it was at the time. Um, that was the Bible back in t- 2000 or so, and we'll talk about... Uh, a marketing books but i think you're right once you get into a job and you start doing it you know the four p's of marketing you know you start using that but actually there's a whole load of other things um i've not come across groundswell before so i'm going to go and look at that as a as a book in that case it sounds like it's got some benefit from what you've learned from it
1: it honestly is probably a little bit outdated now and i think that's part of it you know it's it's marketing is moving so quickly with the new technology and the way people are interacting with organizations and brands and what marketing actually means to an organization, um, that I think it's probably difficult for large universities to keep up. Um, And, you know, that's why we need to be lifelong learners, because the things that we learned 10 years ago, um, a lot of times are irrelevant 10 years later so you yeah. need to make sure that you're always staying on the cutting edge of what's going on in the industry what's going on in your functional discipline um, yeah. to stay competitive and continually improving yourself
0: yeah and, and and i guess that's a great segue into you know what the growth institute's about because i think this is one of the key things that that G- daniel and yourself and the team and who and for you are created in terms of this organization that helps people learn um, so, I wonder from your perspective in that case, just just Daniel told me a lot more about you know why the Growth Institute was created and what that's there. Tell me a bit about that journey for you in terms of what have you learned about the Growth Institute having joined this organization that you didn't know before? I
1: think it's about the the people it's like it, before being in the weeds with CEOs and entrepreneurs, like there's this beautiful picture painted, you see the success stories that, you know, the rise to success in your business. And I yeah. think it's so interesting to see um, inside the entrepreneur, inside the CEO, at, you know, the pains, because they're regular people, just like, you know, anybody else who deal with the same family issues, uh, work drama, stresses that come, you know, internally and externally. Um, And I think at the core, people are just really trying to do their best um, for everybody involved. And know having compassion for the situation that people are in even when you're disagreeing with decisions that are being made um i think that's been a really great learning for me as well and you know daniel and i have had a really interesting and fantastic working relationship but one where we've often really butt heads over the last seven years and most people would think like this is an unhealthy way to communicate with your superior and for us like it was a way that we challenged each other and i think as i as i get older and as i grow and as i learn more i'm able to have better communication with daniel because i can empathize with him i can have more yeah. compassion for his ideas and where he's coming from and how he's seeing the business and as a 23 year old out of college like that's really difficult to see it's hard to put yourself in the position so through being in in growth institute i've been able to not only see that through daniel's eyes but also a lot of our client's eyes and the scaling up coaches who i've gotten to know really well to just understand that it's a process and you yeah. know people are trying to do their best and obviously education and learning is a great way to feed uh that growth
0: but um yeah i think i think it's a really powerful piece actually education and learning i think you know some of the things you're saying that people to try and do their best and, and your role is there is about bringing the best out of people and the other bit you mentioned about you know being involved with with someone like daniel who's ceo entrepreneur helping him build it you can see what's going on there you can empathize with him more um, and as a, as a young intern coming in, you've got different views to what you'd have now because actually you've seen how it happens and, and you, you've, you've risen above the weeds of doing it, but actually you have those better conversations. I think there's real power in that. Um, you mentioned about, about learning. I think that's the key one. Obviously, Growth Institute is about learning. That's what it's there for. Um, talk to me a bit about that that process because obviously your um, uh, the, the words that come to mind is, you know, walking the talk, you're doing what you said say so you do because you've got a great learning um, ethos within the business. Can you just talk a bit about that in terms of how you've created that and what that entails?
1: So we're pretty lucky uh, in that we have this platform full of fantastic content. You've know, we've got a hundred courses to, to choose from at, you know, at our fingertips at all times. So I think that's, that's the core. And as a learning organization, we know that if we're not learning, how can we expect our clients to be learning. Like if we're not enjoying the way the learning suites are going or the master business courses are going, why would our clients be like, Oh yeah, this is great. So I think at first, like we need to actually enjoy and, you know, honor the knowledge and really take what we're doing and make sure that it's applicable for the individuals inside the company. Mm -hmm. So it starts there and Um, at Growth Institute, we really encourage people to be watching courses all the time um, on their own. You know, you can do the a la carte model where um, if you feel like learning about leadership one day and sales the next day and marketing the day after that, you go and you pick out what you want to learn and it's it's there for you. But then we also have some guided paths. So every... um, Every month we do a lunch and learn with a small group of people where there's a targeted course that we want to focus on. Um, When our master business courses come up for our general clients, we say, Hey, who wants to take the course and go through it and run it as growth Institute. And so we get a small group of people who will then take the course there and everything's voluntary. We're not forcing people into learning. And I don't think that, learning is something that can be forced upon people it just needs to be encouraged and encouraged mm-hmm. often and it's kind of like you know Vern talks about repeat 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 so you have to keep telling people that they have access to this stuff and they should be doing it um, and so that's that's kind of where it starts is creating these opportunities for the internal learning yeah. um, that we share at growth institute but then of course there's functional expertise you know Um, that our customer success team needs, that our technology team needs, that our production team needs. Um, So we have tools internally for, you know, functional training and onboarding and things. And then there's the stuff that we don't have. And so then we're investing in our employees to get training externally from Growth Institute, um, whether that might be like Scrum certification for project managers, or uh, we have uh, one of our Production team members right now is um, engaged in a an animation program and learning about okay. all these new animations for AR and VR in case we want to get into the game there. Mm. Um, so allowing people to figure out like what are their passions, what what are the tools and and the the skills that they need to grow professionally, and then investing in their growth there because we know that as long as we're investing in our employees learning and development, they're going to be wanting to put that to use you know people don't want to learn and do nothing with it they want to create and um and produce exceptional things so as long as we're giving our team the tools and resources to stay at the cutting edge they're going to be continuing to create cutting edge
0: resources for the organization. And I love that because that's, that's the key. And I think there's a couple of things just to recap. on in sense. You've said, you know, from a Growth Institute point of view, you've got the the, the the learning on the system, but actually you're allowing other people to go out and find other tools. If you needed no AI, which isn't part of Growth Institute, you can go and find it other way. So you're encouraging that culture and ethos of learning within the organisation so people can st- stay ahead of the game, stay at the cutting edge and develop their own knowledge. Um, let's just come back in that case. So in terms of mapping it out, I often talk to organizations about understanding your vision of where you want to be going, but then understanding what's, go- what's it going to take there. So when you get to this point in the future, what will you have? And therefore, coming back in time, we talk talking scaling up about managing and understanding your rocks, what are you going to get clear about? And then managing your 90-day plans. How do you map out the capabilities you need within the organization to enable you to get to where you're going? What's your process you go through in terms of capability assessment to map it out from A to B?
1: So it comes back to like our annual planning and even three to five year planning. And we look at, you know, our one page strategic plan. It's like, okay, our goal is to grow revenue by X amount in the next three years. And then you come up with your rocks. What are the things that need to happen in order to get to that point? And then what are the capabilities and the people that are missing today for the reason that we're not doing that? So it could be we don't have this type of tech, technical expertise, yeah. or you know, we're so reliant on inbound marketing today, but we don't have an outbound capacity. So in order to get to this next goal, we believe that outbound capacity is going to have to play a role in, in our growth. So yeah. at that point, we then look, okay, where is the best place to learn how to do outbound? So we search the the world and the internet for yeah. the experts in that area and sometimes they're inside growth institute sometimes they're okay. outside of growth institute but we're looking for the best we want to learn from the best and we want to replicate the best because this is something that that daniel has kind of ingrained in my brain from day one like everybody has had this problem before like there's no yeah. real new problem yeah. someone's had the problem figured out how to r- fix it and wrote a book about it yeah. so you know, there's uh, so much, so much learning and resources and access to that. You just have to be willing to find it and, you know, do your research to figure out what's going to be best for your organization, and then, you know, dive in, invest in the opportunity to learn. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that we actually do at Growth Institute is when we're looking to grow a new capacity on the team. Okay. We first look externally. Who is the consultant, the coach, the the expert, the thought leader, whatever, let's hire them, let's figure it out, let's test it. And if it works, then we're gonna build it inside.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: So we're not expecting that people come in and build things from scratch. We're testing it outside and then bring it inside. Um, That's how we built out our inbound marketing. That's how we're now looking to do uh, outbound marketing and sales. it's how we were doing course production. It's how we were doing a lot of the, the, the skills at Growth Institute before yeah. bringing them inside and making them a core part of our, um, our capabilities.
0: Yeah, I love that. So actually looking outside and then bringing it in later on, but actually looking out to find out where's the best place to get it. Um, so it's so interesting, isn't it? You know, over the last 17, 18 months, we've all been impacted in different ways by the pandemic worldwide. Uh, and you told me the other day that you're now living in Philadelphia, whereas Daniel had been in Austin. In fact, when I spoke to Daniel recently, he was in Mexico City. Um, learning, I think, you know, and in some ways, Growth Institute is in a prime position. You, you've, you've enabled yourself. I look at my bookshelf, you know, laden with books over there. where um, you've got it online. You've, you've captured this marketplace with Growth Institute in terms of enabling people to learn in a very different format. I want to come to the format in a minute. But just talk to me first of all about this, the the way you've managed to grow during the pandemic in terms of a distributed organization um, and how pandemic has probably enabled this to really step up in a different way that it would have done before.
1: So Growth Institute has always kind of been built around the distributed organization. So even before remote work was mandatory for organizations, (laughs) we were kind of already doing it. There was always an office in Austin. There was one in Mexico City. Um, but we had folks living in Portugal and living in Canada and living in, you know, different parts of the world. And we always gave the ability for people to travel. Just log into the daily every morning at 8:07 Central Time, um, and make sure that you're getting your work done and meeting your KPIs at the end of the day, week, month, uh, quarter. Um, so not that much changed, except for the fact that we weren't seeing everybody. Okay. All the time in person, you know, you saw your small groups inside the office uh, pre-COVID and now we're not seeing as much of people. Um, but I think what's important is having tools to learn together when you're outside of the office. Yeah. So yeah. we were doing it already because we were forced to do it already with people being distributed But I think COVID made it okay for people to try out training distributed versus, you know, people used to think like, ah, you know, if we're going to do a sales training, I want my sales team to be in the same room so they can connect and have these Mm -hmm. conversations. Um, And then you introduce them to a mastermind on Zoom and you can still have those conversations. And of course, there's there's no replacing you know, face-to-face interaction and physical touch, and and being in a room with people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it can still be very effective to have conversations and be working on things. You know, when we do every twice a week, I meet with the sales team. We do sales practice, and we're okay. never in the same room. We sit on a Zoom call and we pretend to pick up the phone and we have mock sales calls together on Zoom, and so. You don't need to be in the same room to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think technology has allowed us to replicate the communication, yep. maybe not the, the feeling and the, the intimacy that you would get offline, yeah, um, yeah. but the communication can still be just as effective and the receptacle is just as effective uh, online versus offline. Yeah.
0: I think it's interesting. I was running a, in this last month, I've run uh, three face-to-face events for, for large organizations in the UK. Um, and the first one of those was a training program for a group of sales managers and after sales managers in, in an automotive company. And it's the first time I've run that live event since November, 2019. Um, and, and it was interesting coming back together with them because we've managed to do it over the last two years virtually. We've used Zoom. We've, in fact, we've used Teams specifically, actually, to make it work. Um, but this was my first time in front of the group of people again. And there were two things went on for me. One is it was lovely to be back in a room and actually working with people face to face. The other one is it actually felt quite strange being in that room with real people again and you know, having to work, work the room differently and managing the energy of the room, which I think is an interesting one when you're face to face with a group of people for nine hours a day, effectively, as it were. But the key bit for me that came out was those after course uh, conversations. The bit we had in the bar or over coffees, which I think we've really missed out on in the last um, two years, specifically for some of the work I've done, because we've been so remote. We've not had those generally in social conversations. And I think there's a lot of learning that goes on. We often used to talk about the water cooler conversations, but I think actually there's water cooler conversations specifically around learning that work or the coffee conversation outside of the seminar room. And I really saw that coming to life back at the beginning of November, which I think we'd missed out on a little bit. Um, just because we didn't set ourselves up for that synchronous communication on Teams or Zoom in the past.
1: Yeah, and I think that the important thing to, to know is that this is there's no one perfect solution, right? Like, I think both avenues provide their advantages. So the water cooler talk and the learning after, that in-person connection, the, the feeling that you get when you're with humans in a room, you can't replicate online. But in person, you're in a room for nine hours in a day. And it's hard to digest that much information in nine hours in a day. And then what happens? You go back to the office. You Mm -hmm. got a thousand emails that you got to respond to. And what happens with the implementation from what you just learned over the last nine days or the last nine hours? Yeah. Too often it gets left on the the training desk and not put into practice. And so with the online version, instead of nine hours in one day, It's nine hours over three months.
0: Yeah, lovely, lovely. And
1: so we're taking bite-sized pieces and we're giving people opportunities to learn, you know, in 30-minute segments or 20-minute segments or hour-long segments, meet with the team to implement that thing and then come back to this training session again. What questions do you have? What roadblocks did you hit? So it's a much more iterative process versus that like drinking from the fire hose and figure it out on the back end This is like the the incremental building and change over three months time to really drive implementation in the business. It's not just about learning. It's about what are you doing week after week to change the way that you're operating. And I think that's, that's the big key about how Growth Institute builds its courses. They're not learning programs. They're all about implementation.
0: Okay, that's a great point. And I want to dive into that in that case. So, so just talk to me about how a Growth Institute program works. A lot of the listeners on this podcast may not have come across Growth Institute in the format. And I think the key bit that you've just said is not a training program. It's about implementation. Talk to me about how a traditional Growth, so traditional a growth Institute program works for people in that case.
1: So we have what we call our hybrid model. And there's four, four parts to our hybrid model. There's direct learning from the thought leader. So all of the programs are not taught by a coach or somebody who studied this thing. It's from the thought leader themselves. So with scaling up, Vern is teaching you about scaling up. Yeah. Uh, part two is live sessions. So we, you not only have pre-recorded video content, but you come each week to a coaching call. It's a group coaching call where you're interacting with different leaders from different parts of the world. We have uh, clients in 68 countries around the world in every industry that you can imagine. So there's a ton of really interesting conversations and cross-pollination of ideas, but the conversation is led by a coach or the thought leader themselves, the expert in the area to help you have, you know, answer questions, get deeper into the concepts you learned in the pre-recorded videos, and start talking about how are we gonna implement? Lovely,
0: lovely. The
1: third part is a toolkit, system toolkit. So all of the programs have some kind of um, blueprint or toolkit that you're working on week by week over that three month span. Um, In the scaling up case, it's the one page strategic plan. Uh, In our hyper sales growth program, you're building a sales playbook. And each week you're kind of ticking off another box in these worksheets. So you have mm-hmm. the tools that you need to actually implement. And then finally is the community. And that's, um, that's done in forums, that's done in mastermind calls, we have WhatsApp chats in some of our programs, um, but really enabling and encouraging the participants to interact and engage with other leaders like themselves. Yeah. So the C-suite um, team who's a manufacturing uh, firm in in India can connect with the manufacturing firm in Canada or the you know the the biotech company in Finland and you have these conversations with each other where you're all working on the scaling up methodology you're all working on hyper sales growth but there's different you know I'm hitting a, an issue because I deal with these type of clients or these type of clients and it opens your idea your your mind to other ways of solving problems. Yeah. Um, I love so it's really cool that the community that we've been able to curate at Growth Institute and the conversations and the learnings that happen in, in our courses. I, we've, had, we've had businesses start from CEOs meeting in master business courses going on to start new businesses.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that's the that, great thing to hear, isn't it? So looking at know, uh, Daniel yesterday was talking about the Birthing of Giants program. Uh, which is where he met Vern right at the beginning but actually in some ways growth industry is doing some of that you never know what might come from this yeah
1: and i think you know again the comparison to the to the the online versus offline in an online environment you really there's no way you're going to get folks from 68 countries and in every industry in a room together yeah. not one that doesn't have hundreds of thousands of people there yeah um so i think we've kind of curated and created a space where these lifelong learners know that they can come interact and get immense value from the time investment that they're making um, with these workshops
0: i think that's amazing and i love i love that in terms of that four-step process and i think that the key bit that there's a couple of things that stand out for me one is you're learning from the thought leader you're learning from the person who created the material and the in the, in the past, who's there and something you know, Daniel was talking about? You know, re- constantly refreshing those programs. I know Vern has uh, constantly refreshed the scaling up program. So you know, you're on the fourth iteration. I think it is this, this stage. Um, so that's really a key bit there. You're not learning from a coach who's learned it from the le- from the from the thought leader. You're actually learning direct from the individual. Um, and this community piece, I think, is massive because actually we've seen that build over the last few years where people have built their communities to actually market themselves. But actually bringing that community together of like minded thought leaders. Um, and you said about lifelong learners, because all of these people, uh, and, and we've seen it, those, those people who are the best leaders have always been the best readers. They're the ones who have di- digested material in different ways and growth into it. It's not just about reading. It's about learning in different formats as well. So you're bringing people together in that community to learn. And, you know, in fact, you've got 68 countries coming together in different ways through this programme. It's an immense proposition. Immense proposition. Yeah. So so so, you know, if if I was, um, and I, I know the answer to this question, but obviously the, the answer I'm looking for is from you in that case of how do people access this? How would someone go about getting on a Growth Institute program? Um, this is a bit of a marketing plug in some ways because I know the power of it. But where, where would they go, go and what would they have to do to sign up to it? So
1: I recommend that growthinstitute.com, scroll to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter. It's the easiest way to understand what's going on Um, on a weekly basis. Every week, um, I actually write the newsletter. So I share what I'm learning, what I'm seeing. Um, I share blog articles that are written from our thought leaders or written from our team about business growth, business development, all about scaling impact, reducing drama. Uh, We host webinars, uh, free webinars with our thought leaders like once every three, four weeks. Um, So information can be found in the newsletter on when those are coming up and how to sign up for those. I also post about um, the new courses that we have running. So if you're interested in getting involved in one of these workshops, um, you can find all the information there. And uh, then I also post materials that I'm reading outside of Growth Institute. So, uh, podcasts that the team is learning from articles that different coaches are sharing things we're seeing on LinkedIn. It's really a great resource, um, for leaders who love learning and are looking for a curated spot to find the best of the best or what we yeah. believe to
0: be the best of yeah. the best. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's great. And I love the fact, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we could all go out looking for things, but actually if you've got something directed at you where you can learn from other people and I love that, you know, you're getting out and providing this curated content of what you've seen and heard, there's a great opportunity there for people just to pick up on things and say, okay, what do I need to learn? I don't know today, but I'll find out something that the growth Institute's promoting and talking about. on yeah. the plate, effectively. And,
1: and we have, uh, I mentioned the edge community a little bit earlier, um, you have access to hundreds of courses in our library. You have a 10-day free trial on our website if you're interested in um, just having a look around and seeing what that's all about. It's a uh, growthinstitute.com forward slash edge um, is a way to check out the free trial. So I'd say the newsletter and a free trial are a really great way to get involved and kind of get your feet wet into yeah. some of the things that we're we're doing and operating with.
0: Lovely. And what I'll do is I will make sure that we include those links in the show notes for this podcast. So anyone who's watching this or listening, you can check out the podcast show notes and pick up all those uh, links Alex has talked about. Um, I, I think there's a really interesting thing here about um, how you've involved other people. Because obviously as a, as a scaling up coach, one of the things I do is you know look at how we develop and how we scale businesses. And as you say, scaling the impact, reducing the drama at the end day, from a scaling up perspective, we're looking at how do we help organizations scale? And one of the things we've talked about is the fact that um, leaders need to be able to educate their teams because actually they need to educate themselves. And if you're educating your teams, you can develop that, that all round knowledge. And we also know that part of, part of the journey is about how to engage people. And if we can engage people in that learning journey to be able to bring them on the journey, it just helps build the better better business all the way through. And often we talk about making sure the executive team is healthy and aligned. And part of that is making sure we've got the, the learning that we need for our futures as well. So there's a real link here to scaling up itself. And I think as a scaling up coach, I've seen the power of this learning. And obviously part of our training and our certification is to go through the Growth Institute programs. And as you said, there's a hundred programs there. I didn't realize there was a hundred. Um, it's an immense amount of knowledge there that we can all dip into and develop as well. So that's there. Uh, so thank you, thank you all from me for me for putting it out there because it's a great learning resource. Um,
1: Absolutely. I think one thing I'd like to add there that you said about the leadership teams being aligned, and I think probably our biggest lesson after the world shut down from COVID in March of 2020 um, was prior, we were serving mostly individuals inside organizations. The CEO, maybe uh, chief operating officer, maybe a VP of sales thing on the course. And we really shifted that to how do we get the team involved? Okay. And now all the programs that we're creating and the way that we are engaging with organizations is about getting the team involved. So it's not one person's responsibility to learn this and then figure out how to implement it with the team. We're bringing the team inside mm-hmm. the workshop they're doing it together they're collaborating together that people get to then collaborate with the community yeah. so you have many different people collaborating with many different people kind of creating a web but you have a core team staying aligned speaking the same language understanding the why and the what so it's not on the shoulders of the ceo yeah to have to implement everything yeah. it's really a distributed um uh responsibility uh, to get this stuff, this this learning done in the organization. And it's the same a lot of times, you know, internally at Growth Institute, even if we're not taking our own courses, we do book clubs. So we decide, hey, we need to learn about this thing. And so it's not just one person's gonna read the book and say, hey, team, these are the things that we need to do. No. We sit down, we make a group of three or four people. We have a book club. We read the book together. We meet once a week or once every two weeks and we work on it together. So it's, it's a much more collaborative um, workspace. You can keep people accountable. Um, yeah, that's- so I think that's, that's a key learning that we've seen to really not stick people on an island and make it their responsibility to change, change the world, to change yeah. the, the organization, make this a team thing.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and I love that, isn't it? Because I, I often used to tell the story that a lot of a lot of CEO, CEOs or entrepreneurs, they're, they're very impulsive. They'll go away and they'll, they'll read something or hear something at a seminar or watch a YouTube uh, video or a TED talk and they'll come back in the organization and say, I found this great thing. Let's just go and do it. And they just get running at it. And I always think they go from understanding the concept to starting to implement and they miss out on the middle step, which how are they going to do it and what are they going to do? And therefore, they don't right. get the full value from it. So the bit I'm hearing there is actually your... You're almost um, empowering the team through this process to help them all learn together. And I love the idea of the book club. I'll come back to that in a minute. Because actually everyone's learning together and everyone can take responsibility implementing it, but also developing the why, what, and how we're going to implement this in our organization because it's going to deliver a better result longer term.
1: And you do not it doesn't have to be the CEO's responsibility anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the burden of always being the the best learner in the organization and bringing these ideas and expecting the team to figure it out you still spearhead these things you should be a part of it ceo but Mm -hmm. now you have your team at getting the same level of education as you yeah and they have the tools they need to take your ideas and implement them and do them in a way that aligns with your vision so yeah i think that's that's really key
0: I love that. And it's interesting you mentioned the word Align there actually because I think if I think about how we've used Align as a piece of software, I've seen some clients actually making sure they've got their, their, you know, their books are one of the priorities to look at what are they reading together as well through that journey and they're recording it as a key KPI to make sure that we've got the conceptual knowledge before we go and do things as well so you can actually track it
1: as a Mm -hmm. KPI in
0: your organisation which works well from (laughs) my perspective. So it's nice to see that. So, So I'm loving this story in terms of his education. It's about building knowledge. It's about the devolving knowledge into the team. And I love your idea about the, the book clubs. And it's interesting because I think about, you know, how I've seen book clubs in the UK often work, and this is probably not just UK century thing. A lot of book clubs have p- traditionally been people out of work reading some fiction book and coming to discuss it over a glass of wine or a beer. But what I'm hearing there is actually, you're encouraging people to build a book club within the organisation. So they're then coming together and talk about it. So there's a real change in emphasis there that people are, are taking their learning responsibility for themselves, on themselves, rather than traditionally outsourcing it to somebody else to go and do it or or think I've got to go on a specific MBA or a learning program to do it. Actually, we're just building up this whole body of knowledge within our organization. So I just love that as a a concept, the internal book club. I've not come across that before like that. So really nice to hear that put out there.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it works well for us. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I love that, love that. So so look, we're going to come towards the end of what we're talking about now in terms of your time. And I know you've got a a busy day ahead of you. you you stole my thunder earlier by asking you know the bit of advice you would give the young Alex in terms of what you would do. So so you you've got a hundred courses out there. You've looked at things. You've got amazing curated knowledge. Talk to me a bit about what's the what's the things you're seeing at the moment that people are picking up on, and where where is your head at in terms of what's your piece of learning that you're working on at this moment.
1: So everybody's concerned about people supply chain um, and inflation. Nice. I think those like are everybody's uh, top three concerns um, that we're seeing a lot. And for me, personally, I mean, I, I stay involved. I, I read articles on the news. I have a Twitter account where I find a lot of my information and, and LinkedIn as well. Um, but when it comes to my education, I am a fanatical reader of Robert Glazer's newsletter. Okay. Um, it's called the Friday Forward. I think it's fantastic. He talks about business, life, family, uh, leadership. He's a great CEO, uh, someone I admire very much. Yeah. Um, Scott Galloway's newsletter um, is fantastic. He talks more about a higher level economic goal situation to understand the world and what's happening with big tech and, um, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. and then in terms of reading, um, actually our team is reading Victoria Medvec's new book, how okay. to negotiate without fear, um, which is fantastic. We have our course, um, high stakes negotiations at growth Institute, but the book, uh, has expanded on some of those concepts and it's newer. So uh, we're diving into that. And then Fierce Conversations from Susan Scott okay. uh, was a game changer for me very recently about how to have tough conversations with um, your family, with your team, with your leaders, um, and doing it in a way that's compassionate and building relationships rather than tearing them down um, I think there's so much to learn and I'm using tips from that book uh, on a daily basis. So um, we're very focused as an organization on marketing and sales. Um, we're you know looking to to really scale up our own business so we're very focused on that. like I said we're looking to kind of build out an outbound, uh, capacity of growth institute as well so interested in and in diving into information there and finding the thought leaders and the experts in outbound sales processes okay, to yeah. uh, adapt and grow our company
0: yeah i love that and interesting actually when i asked daniel recently what his uh, his tips were for business owners actually to learn marketing and copywriting early because I think that's the key thing about getting that message out there. So it's interesting that actually your focus is around outbound sales and building that marketing and sales in the organisation. Because I think that's a, you know, it's one of the most powerful pieces of work that we all can do. Uh, and it's interesting, obviously, going back in time to your your original uh, master in uh, a major in terms of um, marketing. Coming back full circle in terms, of, you've kept your knowledge ahead of the game all the way through that, and you're now learning more about it to enable you to do it better in the business you're in at the moment. So I think that's a, a great opportunity. So where's the, where's the Growth Institute going? There's obviously some, some key on the horizon here in terms of the world's developing. What's next for the Growth Institute over time?
1: So we are building internal corporate universities now. That's really where we wanna focus um, the future of Growth Institute. We want an organization to be able to hire Growth Institute for their internal university rather than have to build their own. Um, so we're building out, uh, more classes to fill some of the gaps that we have in our curriculum. Um, we're building out customization for organizations. So they'll be able to leverage our expert content and also their internal content. You know, we talked about some of the functional training and, um, internal training that organizations need that are specific to their company. They'll be able to kind of have that inside the Growth Institute platform as well. Um, and then we're going mobile. So making it easier to use and download and watch offline um, mm. is a big priority for us uh, in 2022. So yeah, those it. are some of the things that, that we're working on to really create an immersive 100% solution internal corporate university to help organizations have the learning that they need um, and be able to reduce the drama uh, of scaling up their own businesses.
0: Yeah, I love that. So so internal corporate university, I love that as a concept in terms of helping organizations, because obviously you know, from, from my perspective, most of my work is with the the, the the medium-sized organization, but Daniel mentioned yesterday you've got some large corporate clients as well. So this is a great thing in terms of helping build build that into their learning structure.
1: For the and I think moment. it is a lot of the mid-market companies that need these internal universities more than the big guys, okay. because The large organizations, the Apples, the Googles, the, you know, JP Morgans, they have universities, they have their own learning and development teams, they've hired out, you know, and invested massive resources into training uh, in their organizations, it's people in the middle who don't yet have the budget to invest in their own Corporate universities, so now they can rent out and kind of create one alongside of Growth Institute mm-hmm. um, to be able to have access to the same level of training and knowledge to eventually scale their organizations to be, you know, large and in charge of their industries.
0: I love that. I think that's an amazing opportunity there, uh, and I love your thing about the mobile. I um, I do a lot of running, and I have tried listening to well, I've, I've for many years I've listened to things, but actually trying to listen to to learning as you go is something i've learned to do over the last five years um to do that as i'm running along and actually one of the things i um i do a lot now is i i sit on my spin bike and listen to uh and watch videos um online as well so if there's a better way of doing some of that as well so i can concentrate on my uh, uh on my legs turning while i'm learning i think it makes a lot of better for me because i can then uh, kill two birds with one stone at the end day. exercise my body and mentally exercise my mind at the same time so it works That's works great well for me that's a good one. So thank you, Alex. This has been an amazing conversation. I think there's been lots there in terms of uh, some of the journey we've been on, and I've got you know, tons of notes here, and I'm taking a lot, lot away from this. I think one last question I've got before we wrap up is around um, how the scaling up and Growth Institute link works for us all to be able to develop, that. because obviously there's, there's lots of our scaling up coaches. Uh, in the UK, we're, we're looking at developing more coaches, we're bringing more coaches on. It's big in the US at the moment over the years, but I think the, US, the UK, there's a ripe market here. So how can um, scaling up coaches really utilize the benefit of Growth Institute to work hand in hand to help our clients?
1: So as a Growth Institute coach, you have access to all of the learning suites inside Growth Institute you get access to some of the self-paced programs, the self-paced workshops. So you don't get all of the hybrid model, you get the toolkit and uh, the direct learning, you don't get the live sessions or the community with the self-paced. So you have that access to that that learning to educate yourself. Um, And then when it comes to your clients, we have packages that you can purchase uh, as a scaling up coach and then participate in the live programs and the, the on-demand programs with your clients. So it's utilizing the Growth Institute resources so you don't have to be the expert in sales and marketing, leadership and productivity. And you can be best in the world at what you're best in the world at. That's that's being a coach and then leveraging these thought leaders and their knowledge and their information and you're the implementation help so you use the learning that growth institute has created and then you're the implementer who's helping those organizations really get into the weeds understand the how the what and the when um and you know drive that that learning and education and and that business growth
0: yeah, I love that. And I think that's it. I think there's a real parallel, isn't there, there, because it actually enables people to learn at their own pace. They can work with coaches to help them develop things, but they can go back and watch it again and again and again to make sure they understand it and then replay it with their coach as well, which is around the implementation piece. And I come yeah. back to, you know, one of the key things I work on is how do you engage your team? And I think this is the great way you, you said earlier, it's not about the CEO learning, it's about engaging the whole team, empowering the team and everyone takes responsibility for their own learning, but actually for helping them upskill themselves to build the capability of the business going forward as well. So there's a there's a great hand in hand process between everyone to work with there. So love it. So Alex, House, thank you very much. You're doing a pleasure to talk to you. Um, we've got some contact details there. I'm gonna capture those in the show notes at the end. Um, it's always a pleasure and I look forward to having more conversations with you over the years to come. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Phil, thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking with you today and uh, look forward to, to more conversations in the future.
0: You're welcome. It's been great to see you. Thanks, Alex. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I've enjoyed recording it. This is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks by podcast. So please, go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there for some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments because that helps other people like you find this content and we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people it helps us grow and also think about what actions you want to take because there's no point just listening passively we want you to pick it up and do something with it so what are the three key things you want to do i can't hold you accountable but if you want to drop me a note phil at igniumconsult.com we're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people We wish you well. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Give us a review. Thank you.